Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to one more episode of Questions and Answers Q&A with me, where we dig into your federal benefits, your federal retirement, getting you the best results, and where it is always 10-10, right? A little inside joke for all you YouTube fans that love the clock. Okay, without further ado, we got three great questions today. Again, if you have any questions, there's a link in the description below where you can submit them, whether on the podcast or the YouTube channel, check it out. There's some great, great, great questions today. And again, if you have any, submit below and you might be featured in the future. So without further ado, question one, it says, at age 57, I'm gonna have 34 years of service, awesome. Can I retire at 57, my MRA, my minimum retirement age, right? Receive the first supplement and use a 1.1% multiplier or just 1%. Great question. So I've done tons of videos on this in the past. Basically, when you hit age 62 and you've got at least 20 years of service, you are eligible to, in your pension calculation, your multiplier changes from 1% to 1.1%. I'm not gonna dig into the pension calculation, that's a whole, that's a topic for a whole episode. But um, in a nutshell, by hitting that benchmark of age 62 in 20 years, you get a 10% bonus to your pension. It's a big deal, it makes a big difference. Now, this gentleman is age 57. He is eligible to retire, there's no doubts about that. It's, it, it can make a lot of sense to retire at age 57 with no worries, but he is not going to be eligible for that 1% multiplier, it's gonna be only 1%, right? So will he get the first supplement? Yes, it looks like he's eligible for that. Will he be able to keep his health benefits? Yes. Will he get a pension? Yes. But we, will he get the 1%, 1.1% multiplier? No, he won't. He doesn't, he, he's gotta be age 62 um, and he's, he's got five more years, right? Okay, question number two. This is a long one, so bear with me here. It says, hey, my spouse and I are both federal employees and both have 20 years of service each. If one of us was to pass away in the near future, God forbid, would the surviving spouse be eligible to receive a survivor's pension from FERS while she or he continues to work and they complete their 30 years of service? And if so, once the surviving spouse decides to retire and she or slash he requests their own retirement pension, would the survivor's pension continue to be paid along with their own pension for the rest of their life? Would this be considered double dipping? Great question. Also, last part of it, if you decide to cover this scenario in the video, which I'm doing right now, would it be possible to also explain what happens with the deceased spouse's TSP, Fegley, lump sum death benefit, and their health insurance? Okay, there's a lot going on in here, but bottom line, this is the main core of this question. If someone passes away on the job, okay? In the past, we've talked about, A, if you're retired, what might happen, what benefits your spouse might get from passing away? Well, the next question is, hey, I'm still working. And in their situation, they're both federal employees, right? But it's gonna be the same for when both spouses are federal employees or just one. Basically, if the federal employee passes away on the job, there's a couple things coming to them. First, they do get a death benefit. I talk about the calculations in a different video. Um, they also are eligible, potentially, for a monthly payment, a survivor's benefit, right? And generally speaking, that survivor's benefit is payable when the deceased spouse would have been eligible for an immediate retirement, right? So generally it's not a right, right away. Sometimes that you can start it right away depending on the situation. Um, so to answer this question in a very short way is, yeah, you can get a survivor benefit, but it may not be until the spouse would have been eligible. So it may not be till retirement, which 
may be the best for you anyway, because maybe you don't want it until retirement, right? Now, once, of course, the surviving spouse retires and receives their benefit, then yeah, they can get both. That's not double dipping because, of course, the other spouse worked and paid into the system themselves, and you're just receiving part of that as, as a surviving spouse, right? So, that's the pension part. Um, of course, um, effectively, if you got life insurance, that's payable if the person passed away. Um, to whoever the beneficiary is, make sure you update your beneficiary. Their TSP, same thing, it's going to go to whoever the beneficiary was. So make sure you have that updated, ready to go. Health insurance, um, of course, in this situation, it's not really relevant because the surviving spouse is a federal employee too. So they'll, they have health benefits on their own record. No worries there. Um, let's see, what else? I think that's the gist of it. So that's the deal. Generally speaking, if the federal employee passes away on the job, the surviving spouse can get a benefit. Um, it'll just, they ha generally have to wait until um, the person would have been eligible, but um, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other topic that we could spend 20 minutes talking about. But just to keep it simple, that's the answer for, answer for today. Okay, last question about the TSP. The TSP, it says, hey, hi, Dallin. How often can a direct transfer, meaning a non-taxable event, occur from a traditional IRA to a traditional TSP account after retiring? Thank you, Jason. Okay. So, in retirement, the TSP has some rules on how often you can move money around. Okay? When it comes to taking money out of the TSP, there is a rule that limits how often you can do that, okay? Um, it's basically every 30 days you can put a request in. So as you know, there's different ways to take money out of the TSP, okay? First, you can set up a installment payment, basically saying, hey, I want $1,000 a month for every month, or I want $10,000 a year, um, and those once they get that set up, it'll happen automatically, right? And getting that set up counts as one, run, one request, right? And so the next 30 days, you can't do another request, right? But once the thing is already set up, it doesn't count. Like if you get a monthly installment payment system in place and going, then a few months later, you can definitely um, do individual requests. That's not an issue, right? Not an issue at all. Um, and so that's kind of the limiting factors. And you have these 30 days processing time, they call it, where you can only do one request from the CSP um, every 30 days. So that's the big limiting factor, okay? Okay, so those are the big three questions. We really slammed through them today. I hope that was helpful. Again, if you have any questions, in the comments below. And guess what? I'll see you next time.